Oh, there we go. Hello, friends. Good evening. <clears throat> it's time for episode 125 of the Blue Ribbon Cup podcast brought to you by Pittsburgh Power. Now, makers of OPS and max mileage. Um, well, you know, we've been sitting here trying to think about what to talk about on this podcast. I guess one thing we should make mention of is that Tom Bach passed away. He was the, was he the founder? Was he the, what, how, no, what was, no, no. He, he worked for the original OPS people. He was like their outside <clears throat> consultant. Okay. Uh, what, what, what most people know Tom for is if you got a, 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 a lab report back and there was something wrong, you know, like a, a three or four condition, um, Tom would call you and, um, give you some, let you know, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, he would kind of walk you through some some typical things that could be the cause. Um, he was always at the Louisville Truck Show in the booth. And, you know, uh, he and, and Artie were the first two guys that were the face of OPS as far as, the you know, being out at, the, at, at uh, events like that. And Artie passed away a couple of years ago. Hmm. And, um, and, of course, I met both of them at the CMC, you know, years ago and um, thought, you know, really, really good guys, both of them. And, and, uh, and I said here that Tom passed away this week. I noticed we hadn't heard from him in a while and I didn't know if maybe Pittsburgh power had, was not using him or what, but turns out he was evidently ill. So, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of sad. I'm, you know, we, uh, we talk about Pittsburgh power every weekend and I, I don't, I want to just reiterate that, I was a Pittsburgh Power Company, uh, Pittsburgh Power customer, in uh, starting in 2009, and um, I, uh, you know, we we've 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 promoted their products because that's what I used, uh, you know, developing the lunatic truck, you know, uh, that we that we now recommend and 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 drive, and and so um, their products are integral in that um, in the modifications that we do and the things that we do. So I just want to make sure everybody understands we don't just, I mean, we, yes, we are sponsored by Pittsburgh power and we are paid, you know, some money to do this, but that's not why we recommend them. We recommend them because of that's, you know, that's the uh, company that we work with the most in, uh, in most of our modifications. Um, and the companies that we don't work with directly, uh, usually Pittsburgh power is a distributor for those like fleet air filter and, mm-hmm. and, um, and other, other things. So, um, another thing I want to bring up is that we could really help, uh, this really helps us here. If you will uh, hit that like and subscribe, if you like what we do, I see right now we have 17 or 18 people live. Uh, we need to have 18 thumbs up up there, guys. We need some likes there. That helps us a lot with our sponsorship. So if you like what we do, um, let us know. Um, the other thing is if you call Pittsburgh power and I hope you do, uh, and, um, and buy stuff for them or take your truck there. Be sure and let them know that, uh, you heard about, uh, them on our podcast and yep. that, uh, that helps as well. So, um, but anyway, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys doing that. So I, uh, so I'll get a little something I can share here. Um, you know, Facebook memories are kind of fun. They started doing that a few years ago. Um, and you could, you know, it's one of the first things that I look at, you know, in the morning when I open my phone and I go to the Facebook memories, what was happening on this day, you know, over the last few years. And, um, this article that I had shared popped up 
from Overdrive Magazine. And um, it, Todd Deals wrote it. Uh, 13 reasons do you hang on to that old truck. And, you know, they went through here, um, of course, talking about glider kits, which were still all the rage back then. But talking about, you know, the difference in truck payments and insurance and, and uh, keeping, um, you know, keep, keeping your, your older truck and not having to deal with a lot of the new stuff. And I had, I had actually written uh, a caption to go with that that uh, I kind of predicted that, you know, there would be a, there might be a time when these new trucks became so unreliable or if there was ever a part shortage that the old trucks would be uh, in demand. And the numbers don't lie. The math does not lie. Um, we can uh, show a larger profit and a lower cost of operation with a, you know, 1999 to 2007 model truck. Uh, we can serve our customers more, more reliably uh, than if we had a fleet of 2022s right now. And I just found it interesting that six years ago, I was able to see that and, and you know, do a little bit of Nostradamus and say, hey, this, this could be a big problem. And here we are in 2022, and it is sure enough a big problem. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, it's, uh, it's every day we see a post on one of the Facebook groups uh, looking for you know, someone to drive for temporarily while their truck, there's one that came up today. Mm -hmm. uh, they're needing a CPC and it's on back order for six months. They hope, you know, six months. Yeah. And, uh, well, and you don't, and you don't know, did the CPC go bad or does somebody bust a window out and steal it? You know, it's one <laughs> or the other. Yeah, um, right. Exactly. I still haven't heard anybody explain to me what's so valuable about that CPC that the, the crackheads are, uh, breaking the windows and stealing them. It's got to have precious metal in it, just like catalytic converters, you know? So I'm sure it's being sold for the, for the content. Uh, or maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe there's just a black market on the parts. They can't, maybe they're, them. maybe they're you using know? for crypto miners, you know, mining <laughs> crypto with them. Um, well, look, I, I think about this all the time because, um, when you're managing a fleet of this size, um, you know, weekly there's something that comes up there's some sort of issue with a truck and you know and of course the older trucks are they don't look as good they're not as comfortable they're not as quiet they don't have the creature comforts that the newer trucks do um but i come back to the math because um you know just today i i had a truck that came in for an inoperable air conditioner and we found a leaking wheel seal, which listen, I have been a, I have been such a strong believer in Stemco wheel seals, uh, because that's what Dr. Moncutter taught me. But for some reason, we've had a bunch of failures here lately and I'm, I'm real, real close to trying out another provider on wheel seals cause it's getting ridiculous. This one truck's had three steer wheel seals. I know in the last year and a half, it's getting a little crazy. So I don't know if they're having a manufacturing problem but I'm getting real tired of changing wheel seals when I thought I had that problem fixed, but it's always something. There's something little, but what, what uh, the hardest, the thing I struggle with the most getting the drivers to understand is it's much easier to be proactive and get to a problem before when it's a $300 problem rather than when it's a $3,000 problem. And I had, I had a guy today that had some, you know, the, 
some, some things that he should have noticed. And he's like, well, I just don't want to get on anybody's nerves. And I'm like, well, how's that working out for you? Cause you're on my nerves pretty good right now. Uh, mm. But we've got to think about, this is a long-term strategy. And I think that's, it's kind of a big mistake that people, company drivers, especially that come into being an owner operator, um, being in business, in my opinion, is far superior than being an employee. I feel, I feel safer. I feel more secure, um, in, in owning and running a business rather than, uh, being an employee. Um, uh, the rewards are much greater, but you know, you have to have a lot of long-term strategies and you have to think about, okay, I've got this truck. I'm going to spend $1,500, you know, uh, I could spend $1,500 a month, you know, and you got to be thinking about that. You have to save that money um, because you might spend $1,500 a month or you might spend $20,000 at once. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a mindset. That's why we call it an identity change to a lunatic. Got my shirt on today. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's such a difficult thing because, you know, people just come from the company driver mindset and it's really, really hard to turn that around and you can't just close your eyes and pretend it's not happening. You know, um, I'm, I can, I'm a living testimony to that. You can't, you can't run from it. It will eventually catch up with you and find you. Well, we still see that people are, are not conscious of the, the, availability they have of cutting their cost you know they they still there's a lot of people that still that the presumption is you have to do business the way that most people do and uh and that's just not true you know uh we harp all the time about fuel costs yet you know um people are are still uh not understanding how to buy fuel uh not understanding you know, the tools that we have at Landstar to help you decide where, where to buy fuel and the difference, the, the, the savings just between in one mile per gallon, you know, um, in, uh, in, in, in speed, you know, um, 10 miles per hour is one is one full mile per gallon. Um, yet, you know, if you talk about that, uh, everybody, uh, is under the assumption that if you can't drive 75 miles an hour, you can't make a living, you know? And that's just not true. And um, so the, um, you know, it, it, and with, with fuel as expensive as it has been, it really did not change drastically a lot of people's approach. And uh, that's going to eventually catch up, you know. Um, I mean, it's coming back down, but the rates aren't. Uh, the rates aren't going back up. So it's still going to be critical to uh, maximize your um you know, your, your revenue and minimize the cost and fuels the easiest way to do it. You know, I still, uh, you know, as much as we harp about cost per mile, I still highly, highly doubt that the majority of people who even listen to this podcast actually track and know what their cost per mile is. Yet every day they make decisions about loads to take, not understanding what it costs them to do it. And not understanding that that cost per mile is out of line. That can be addressed. That can be uh, lowered, you know. Uh, certainly people that are going to get into business 
um, have the ability to make decisions up front that will lower or affect their cost per mile. Um, we just talked to a guy this week who was a BCO uh, who failed and wants to come here now. And, um, and uh, he bought too much truck. He had no experience. Uh, all the typical things. Uh, his cousin uh, was doing it, so he thought he would go do it. And um, no prior experience. Uh, found out that uh, bumping a dock and unloading the truck will not keep you in business. You know. <clears throat> I'm looking so, at our I'm looking at our fuel cost analysis that you posted this week, mm-hmm. and our number one guy, our, our the truck revenue was ten thousand seven hundred fifteen. And his fuel cost was 12% of revenue. Right. But then we had another guy that did within $120 of the same money, did $10,054. And his cost of fuel was 28% of revenue. Hmm. You know, so you had a $120 difference in revenue and one truck spent about almost $900 more in fuel. Now, the one caveat to that is I'm not taking into consideration inventory. So if that one truck fueled uh, okay. last day of the week, he'll be running that fuel next week. So you can't exactly uh, okay. that. You could look at it over a period of time and it would even out. But on a one-week basis, it could be. Now, I don't know this. I mean, we could look and see. But if mm-hmm. he fueled, you know, like if he filled up on, I, I think it's, what, what's our, our fuel week run? Um, it's well, uh, Sunday. Right. Yeah, but, it, yeah, but it's our, our what's it cut off on Friday? On, it's based on our card activity statement, though. So, what what's the date on that? You're looking at it. What's the well eight thirteen eight nineteen eight nineteen? That's the week. Okay. okay. So if he fueled on eight nineteen, and he still got that fuel in the truck, so it'll be used this week. Now, yeah. the, the way you look at this, compare two weeks in a row or three, yeah. and then you kind of get a bit of a better answer. Well, the top truck was also third on fuel mileage at seven point oh two, and the other guy was eighth at six point oh seven. So no, that's you know part of it too. Yeah, yeah. One mile per gallon mm-hmm. is uh, significant, you know. Yeah, but we good. we tr- we track all this stuff um, because, in my estimation, there's probably nobody in the trucking industry that is good uh, as good as this, as good at this as Larry. Um, I sat and watched it. What was that last year, year before I came out and watched the sausage well, being made? I think it was last summer. Um, and <clears throat> there is a lot of work that goes into it, uh, to set it up and, and get it going. And then, then it's just maintenance, you know, of, of just doing it every week religiously to make sure that you've got all the data in there. But once you have the data in there, then you can do these analysis. But if you don't have the data, you can't do the analysis. And so um, when I see people, well, what do I need to do to lease a truck to Landstar? And I want to be like, start with a spreadsheet. Um, you need, you know, like you need to, that's really where you start. You know, it's, it's establishing your business before you even buy a truck. And if you're a company driver hearing the sound of my voice right now, you can do a spreadsheet on your company truck. You can create those habits. You can track this very same data that we have. Now you might have to make up some financial numbers if you don't know, um, you know, but you could go look at the dat weekly report as to what the average rates are. Um, that's all public domain information. So if the rates, you know, one of 250 
and the fuel surcharge is 63, do the math, you know, and just say, okay, for every loaded mile I've run, it's this many, um, it's this much per mile. That's the average in the industry right now. You could use those numbers and then look at your real fuel and, you know, any maintenance costs that you're privy to and, and start running a PNL on your truck to practice. Um, because it will, I had a conversation with one of my mentoring guys the other day and he made a couple of decisions that did not help, uh, his trip planning. And so he's in a position that right now he's got to run from Ohio to Texas, like his hair is on fire to keep this $13,000 week that I've got him on right now together. And one thing I said to him was, look, had you done the math, which I know you didn't. And he's like, right, I didn't do the math. I say, okay, I believe that if you had done the math and you had a better trip plan that subconsciously, maybe your brain would have not let you oversleep on that day. Maybe, maybe not. But I do know that you have to have that plan. Well, of course, the way we do it, you know, I'm trying to book loads three, four, five days in advance because that's when the good money's out there. Um, and I can put you together the best, the best weeks ever been, but if you miss the load in the middle, it all goes away because if I have to start looking for you a load on the day that you need it, um, you're going to get a $1,200 load instead of a $2,500 load. Um, I see a comment for Richie that says, can I give a PSA? Um, please do. I cannot wait to hear a public service announcement from Richie Matthews. So you just go ahead and type it up, son, and I will pop that right up on the screen. Poor <laughs> <clears throat> Richie's sitting on the side of the road in North Carolina right now with a blown tire. So he's waiting on loves. God help him to come and rescue him. Um, well, it, you know, the, the here's the common here's a common thread I see with people who come to Landstar and then get on Facebook and complain uh, is because they, they're not prepared to, to, they're not prepared to solve their own problems. That's the yeah. number one reason I say, you know, when something goes wrong, they seek help from somebody, you know, they seek assistance from somebody else, you know, uh, and the first thing I do is jump on Facebook and go, what do I do? You know what, you know, th this, 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 and this happened. And at no point in time, do they have, um, do they have a, um, you know, a, a plan themselves to get themselves out of the situation they're in? And uh, th that's the one, that's the big difference about land. You know, I, I love land. Sorry, everybody knows that. I hate their advertising because all they talk about is freedom. You know, mm -hmm. all they talk about is freedom. And it's attractive to people who don't have that. And we've talked about it many, many times. You have this yep. thing you talk about freedom from or freedom to. But the, the difference is Landstar does not have a support network for uh, the BCOs by design. It's not, it's not a hit on the company. It's, it's just, it's not designed for that. It's designed for someone who's an existing trucking company to join up with uh, Landstar and do business together um, with each person having defined roles. And one of the roles is not for Landstar to be your advisor, you know? And so that's the thing that most people don't get. What's Landstar going to do about this? You know, well, nothing, you know, that 39 page lease agreement that you signed when you came here stipulates that if you'd bothered to read it. 
And mm-hmm. everywhere else that you've worked, you know, um, probably do. And that's what makes Landstar so different is that it's the closest thing to having your own authority without having your own authority, you know. And I believe for most people, having your own authority is a mistake. So, um, but you're not going to come here and get the babysitter, you know, that's just not going to happen. So you have to be able to solve your own problems when you come here. Buying a truck to come to Landstar is a horrible idea. Horrible idea. If you've never owned a truck and you're going to buy one and come to Landstar, I highly, highly, highly recommend you don't do that. Okay, because you don't even know anything about being a truck owner. And now you're going to come here and be a truck owner and also be at Landstar with no support system. And that's why 40% of the people who come here fail the first year. So uh, somebody says we lost sound. Yeah, I'm check. I can hear you fine. So if I, I can, can hear you, can that hear means, you. Um, let me see. Are we, are y'all still hearing us on YouTube? Because we are, uh, David's on Facebook. <clears throat> Never mind. Must have been on your end. Okay. No problem. Good to hear. Okay. But it wasn't us. We, uh, uh, we, <clears throat> we, uh, we, uh, strive to achieve excellence in broadcasting here. So <laughs> we well, don't want to, we don't want to have that kind of hiccup. Okay. So. Speaking of excellence in broadcasting, here's Richie's PSA. If you don't move out of the right lane, when you see a broke down truck, you ain't no big time truck driver. Move your stanky ass. Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> listen, I've been there. I listen, I drove a record for a while in 2003. Um, and people are stupid, you know. I, you're sitting on the wrong side of the road trying to get something hooked up, and they come within three inches of you. It drives me insane. Um, uh, Michael Reed wants to know what the best fuel card is. Um, we don't have to worry about that. Landstar has the best fuel card in the industry. So if you're not uh, a Landstar, owner operator here uh the 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 closest thing i've found to it even though it's not even close is nastic um Mm -hmm. but again i don't we're we're not the authority there because we don't have to worry about that when other fuel card companies contact me and i say landstar they hang up uh, because they know there's no sense to have a conversation beyond that so brett griffin um, please discuss your daily routine for getting loads while driving on the road. Which form of computer do you like to use best laptop or tablet? Uh, when I was on the road, um, I would use my iPad and my iPhone. Um, when I first came to Landstar, um, the system was not all that friendly with Apple devices and Safari. Um, then they, they fixed that. And then um, when Landstar 1 came out almost two years ago, 18 18 to 24 months ago, that was kind of a game changer because then you had an app. Um, But the most important thing is the load alerts. I'm exclusively a load alert guy. I set up my load alert. And when I get an email, I know that I am least interested in that load it if it if i'm getting an email for that load um it is within uh the reach of what i want and then i have to look okay well you know i've got my deadhead set for 100 okay well that's 100 air miles i was looking for a load for somebody the other day in 
I want to say South Carolina. Um, and loads within 125 miles were 200 mile drive, you know, cause it was just some of the, some of the, like Richmond, Kentucky was coming up and it was 240 to drive it, but it was showing up within 150 miles. So I've got to be, I've got to be careful that I don't get lured into an excessive deadhead based on the parameters that I'm setting up. Uh, so the, the big thing is set your load alert correctly. Um, so when an email comes up, uh, you know, especially on an iPhone or even Android, when that email comes up, that phone number for that agent will be there and boom, you can, you can touch the phone number and you can have them on the phone. Cause sometimes if it's a really good load, you've got seconds. You don't have time to mess around. When the load alert pops up, if you want it, you better push that button and get, get to call. Uh, the other thing is looking uh, way ahead of time. You, you need to be looking two to three, four days ahead. Um, Absolutely. if you're, if you know it's Sunday, but let's say it's Monday right now. And I'm, I've got something happen, load canceled or, you know, whatever. I'm going to drop my parameters down to probably a thousand or $1,200 because I would rather have something than nothing. If I can get a load booked into tomorrow, that might be 300 miles, 200 miles. Um, then I'm, I'm distancing myself out and then I can look for the next day and maybe I book one a little bit better. And on that third day, you know, maybe I find an elephant, a $2,500 load I can pick up today and deliver tomorrow. So I've kind of got it down to a science. Um, you know, I know this past Monday I'd had a couple of guys that were coming off a home time and, and, and Monday morning I needed to book loads for like six trucks. And within probably two hours, I probably booked, 12 loads in two hours for five trucks. You know, one guy, he had a three day week because he was coming off a deal where he's home time. And then he had to go, he had a vacation coming and I booked his whole week in 20 minutes. I booked the first one, changed the load alert. Oop, I like that one. Booked it, changed the load alert. Look, boom, there was the third one. And in 15 minutes, I booked him $6,000 worth of freight for three days. So Brett, there's a couple of things that you have to keep in mind here. First of all, we book short loads. We book loads that are under 600 miles. So we bump a dock every day. So when I was driving, uh, I, while I'm being unloaded, I'm looking for loads for next, you know, we're, we're working three or four loads out. Mm -hmm. So while you're parked, you know, I had one of those, um, one of those laptop desks that attached to the passenger seat of the truck. I would swing it around, open my laptop up. I'd sit there and I'd work on my loads for, because I was already booked out for the next three, you know, the next two or three, four days. So I'm looking for loads, setting my uh, load alert so that um, I'm looking for what I want. So I know that when I get a load alert, it's a load that I want. It's not so loose that I have to think about it. Because if you have to think about it, you're going to lose the load anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the, the, the most important thing here is you have to be willing to stack loads and you have to be willing to be able to recover when a load cancels. Cause that's what everybody's going to say about stacking loads. We stack loads for 17 trucks. Okay. And yes, every week, one or two or three of those loads cancel, but it's not enough to throw all the other Correct. 70 loads that we, that we do out the window and lose the revenue on them, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can't make, make decisions based on exceptions, you know, make it on what's normal and normal is everything's not now things tend to run in cycles. You're going to get in a situation where 
every, three loads are going to cancel this week. Then you're going to go two or three weeks and not have any, any cancel. But uh, if you're booking your own loads and you're driving, you know, the, another good thing is having somebody that can watch that for you while you're driving. If you have a spouse or you have a significant other or you hire somebody, you know, to, um, you know, to, to uh, look for loads for you, um, that's, that's money well spent because that way you don't have to worry about doing that and driving truck. It's not easy to drive a truck down the load and book loads. That's, again, why a lot of people come to Landstar struggle because they've never had to do that before, ever. Mm-hmm. And they can't decide whether to stop and book a load or, or drive. You know, uh, it's frustrating. I get that. Uh, that's what makes this difficult. But I would, um, if you're established BCO, um, you know, and, and you, you know, you, you've got agents that you work with, that's even better. Because they're going to call you and say, hey, Brett, we've got this load. You've done it before. Here it is. Do you want it? That's the easiest way to do it because then you don't have to worry about looking at the load board at all. You know, so he's got a follow up. That's a great question. Do you ever book the third day if it's great and then backfill? Absolutely. Yes. Now, it's a little it's a little risky. But like there, for example, I know one direct customer that has some loads out of the Southeast that are massive, you know, three, four, $5,000 loads. Right. So I know, and of course you got, you got to be days ahead cause they go quick, but yeah, I could book say a, maybe a Friday weekend load for them. That's $4,500. Right. Well then I know, hell, I've got half of my stuff done at that point. Um, but then you know, if you've ever, in my mind, at least, if this makes sense, it's like billiards, you know, I, I'm not going straight for the corner pocket. I might have to bank off of one side because I've got to think about, okay, this load is taking me to Ohio. Well, that's great. If a load's going to Ohio, perfect. Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, sometimes Southern Michigan, but my favorites are Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, if it's going anywhere in any one of those states, not a question. Book it. If it's going to Norfolk, I have to stop and think about it because it Norfolk sucks, especially here lately. My God, it's been a black hole. Massachusetts is another crapshoot. You know, it's got to pay really good to go up there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, because sometimes it's a struggle to get something out. There's some direct customer freight up there. <coughs> But it's sometimes hard to find. So um, you could absolutely do that. Or what some guys call a triangle, where um, you find that re- that one super, super good load, and then you find another one to connect to another one. And so maybe you get one po- side of the triangle done, and then you fill in the second side of the triangle. And then maybe you're just doing whatever you can to get back to the to the point A. Uh, if you can ever get all three of those, then, you know, you're golden. Um, Especially if that third day load is really, really, really good. Because then yeah. you're, you're, we're, we're looking for a daily average. We're looking for a $2,000 daily average. So let's say that third day load is $4,500, okay? So we don't have to have $2,000 every day now to get there. We could take a shorter load. To get to that load, if we had to, we could drop down and do a twelve or fifteen hundred dollar load, and then at the end of the week, we're still going to have our average. So that makes it easier to find that connecting load sometimes. As equally as important though as that third load is what's behind that one, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. that you know again that third load could be great, but if it's taking you to Phoenix or Denver or Miami, 
No. So you have to watch what that, what that monster load is and make sure there's something behind that one as well. So, and this just comes with experience in doing it, you know, which is why we're so good at it. <laughs> We've done it for a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm looking, so I'm looking at a week that one of my guys is on right now. All right. Totals $9,450. Um, and on our board, if a load is meets the minimum, it's green. And if it doesn't meet the minimum, it's yellow. Um, he has five yellow loads um, that uh, make up the week, and we were $550 short of making the goal. But we still hit 94.5% of the goal, which is pretty good, right, especially in a market like this. So if only if his weekend load would have hit the minimum, the whole week would have been green, right? If, if I would have gotten $700 more on the weekend load, would have been fine, but you know, that's what we're trying to do here. Um, you know, and then I had another guy that did three loads, all were loads were green and he was $10,054. So, um, but you know, I have to think about if, if, if I've just come off of a a $2,000 load and, and I'm, and I'm in a pinch or I'm in some place like Massachusetts or I'm in Norfolk or I'm in, um, Southern South Carolina, South Georgia, Alabama, I might have to take a $1,200 load to get into the next day. Then I go, okay, well, I've got 3,202 days. I'm $800 short. Well, what if I book a 2,800 the next day? I'm right back in the money. So that's how we have to do it. Um, And, you know, you just have to have some strategy about it because the, If I, if, if, if it was just about my personal preference as a driver and there was no other extenuating circumstances, I didn't have to be home with my family and it was just about what made me happy as a driver, give me Columbus to Seattle and back. You know, I hit two docks a week. I got lots of time to listen to podcasts and audio books. I don't have a lot of traffic to deal with. There's not big major cities. That would be my preference as a truck driver. But you're going to run as many miles or more to go out there for less money than we make doing five loads a week, which is a little more hectic, a little more stressful, a little more work. Um, but you know, we're in business to make a profit, not to just do what I want to do all the time. And that's the big thing that I see with people that, um, they try to put the cart before the horse and they see the, the people that have been at Landstar for years that can do the 1.7 loads a week, but their house is paid for, their truck's paid for, the motorcycle's paid for, the boat's paid for, and they have the financial um, strength and, and well-being to do that kind of stuff. But when you've got a, even if you have a paid-for lunatic truck, when you have a new business, you need to get your ass to work and you need to be saving lots of money because you're going to have days like what well, I don't know if you said it on the Facebook post today, something about a trailer, you know, there was something wrong with the trailer and, Oh, we had to cancel a load. We're thinking about leaving Landstar. Um, I, you, you don't have to be in truck in more than five or 10 minutes to know that stuff happens. Trailers are going to break. Trucks are going to break. Loads are going to cancel. Um, 
And so, of course, I made some comments about it. And I'm like, well, would you leave Landstar if your truck broke down? Would you leave Landstar if you got you hit a deer? Would, would, would it be Landstar's fault? And is Landstar supposed to fix the problem if you have any of these other issues? And there was one smart ass in there that was like, oh, well, it's pretty funny coming from a guy that left because his truck broke. Well, yeah, it's hard to pull freight with a blown engine. But I was very clear then, and I'm very clear now, that it was not Landstar's fault, the agent's fault, the government's fault, or Jesus's fault. It was me. I was very clear about that. I've been very clear about that. And that's why we do this podcast, because I don't want anyone to ever experience the hellish nightmare that I did. It must have been on Landstar hating Landstar, because I didn't see it. No, I, oh, it was another one, the good, bad, and ugly, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not in that neighborhood. <clears throat> great questions brett uh brett griffin oh you don't spot for clint bowyer do you uh <laughs> <Brett Griffin>. who <laughs> won the race today by the way uh kyle larson okay and that concludes your weekly nascar report on the blue ribbon podcast <laughs> um A lot of people have different strategies for booking loads, you know, and, and again, keep in mind, we're, we're a high performance, high profit organization because we have to be. And, but yeah. even when it was just me, uh, I was a high performance, high profit, made a million dollars in four years. Okay. So it's, uh, but my, my, uh, philosophy is if I'm going to be out there working, I'm going to be making a lot of money. Otherwise I'm going home. So I didn't truck for fun. I didn't, I didn't truck to do something I wanted to do. I didn't truck to be in a certain part of the country. I trucked to make money. Matter of fact, the loads that I ran, everybody thought they were, I was nuts for running them, <laughs> but I made a million dollars. So, um, you know, you have to understand what you're doing this for. You know, um, I believe that if you're in business, you're, you're, it's your requirement is to make as much money as you possibly can. What we do here is very, very hazardous and very, very uh, hard. Um, so why not make all the money you can in the shortest amount of time and then do something that's not going to take you for your family or, or be able to back down and do the one or two loads a week because you've got the, mon the money in the bank and you've got your, your set. But until then, you, like Chris says, you're going to get your ass to work and get this done. You, know? um, you can certainly make a million dollars in this business in a few years. Uh, if you, if you will live, uh, like Dave Ramsey says, live like nobody else so that in a few years you can live like nobody else. Um, all those things apply here just like they do in your personal life. And that is, you know, go pay cash for a truck. Don't go into debt, you know, um, don't spend money on things you don't need to make as much as you can get a side hustle in this business. All your side hustle is, is pull another load, you know? And uh, in a few years, you will be in a situation where you don't have to worry about it. Um, and then when the, when the bloodbath comes or fuel gets to be $6 a gallon, you're laughing at everybody else's panic because it doesn't affect you. So do we run hazmat loads? We do because they pay good money. Or yep. here's, it's not that they pay good money, but it, they, we don't care whether it's hazmat or not. It gets us where we want to be. Just like the example you had, if you book that big, a monster load for three days from now. And the only load that gets you there is a hazmat load. Why would you turn that down? There's really no downside to hazmat. The best department in the entire uh, company at Landstar is a hazmat department. If you're concerned about hazmat, send them a picture of your trailer, 
send them a scan of your paperwork. And before you leave there, you will, you will be legal and there's not anything else to worry about. So, and here's another PSA for you there. This is my opinion. There is no excuse whatsoever for ever receiving a hazmat violation. Can they nick you on some chafed brake hose or something that you could only find if you were getting under your truck with a creeper every day? Absolutely. But there is no excuse whatsoever that you should ever receive a hazmat violation because it is too easy to make sure your paperwork's right, make sure your load is secured, and that you have the correct placards secured on the trailer. That's oh, all by, it takes. And by the way, those plastic square things they give you at uh, orientation, those aren't Frisbees. <laughs> if you peel that blue stuff off of them and put those on the outside of your placards, when you put them in the placard holder, the placard won't blow away and you won't get written up for missing a placard. That's why they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, no, I, there's, we, we, hazmat does not enter into our decision-making process. If the load's hazmat, it's hazmat. Okay. Let me give a shout out to my boy, Randy Metter, fellow BCO. One of our new guys showed up at the truck stop this weekend and I looked at his trailer and hmm, something's missing. He had two placards that blew off. And, uh, so we start scrambling around and, trying and, to find and them. Explain why they blew off. I said, did you use the placard protectors? No. Why not? Well, I didn't think, you know, so I called Randy, I, you know, I start scrambling around and I texted Randy. I'm like, Hey, do you have any, pl- uh, class nine placards? And he was like, yeah, I got some. And so he brought them down to us this morning and, um, and bailed our driver out from a hefty, hefty hazmat violation. Had he been caught with missing placards? Um, but you know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff when I'm thinking, how am I going to fix this? Uh, and the worst case scenario would have been that, you know, hazmat emailed me the numbers. Um, and she's like, look, if you can't find the right placards, turn them over, make them white, take the number to it and you'll be legal. Um, but you know, we were able to work it out, um, and save every placard. Don't throw them away when you are done with them, uh, keep them and, you know, stick them in your door pouch or stick them up above the, wherever in a cabinet somewhere. And that way, if you're ever in a position where one blows off or, you know, you can cut and paste and and make legal placards out of old ones. So don't ever throw your placards away. Always keep them. You do this long enough, you'll have a milk crate full of them and you mm-hmm. organize them, you know, by, by class, you know, um, yeah. you know, and all, and if you're going to haul hazmat, ask for an extra pa- placard or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always, always, always ask for an extra placard. And that way, if you do lose one of them, you've got, you've got one in the, in the truck, you know, but if you'll use those those plexiglass placard covers, they're not going to blow out. Okay, I'm t- just telling you right now, not going to do it. Not going to w- get wet. And um, uh, and on, if you I'm, if they didn't give you enough at orientation, all you have to do is uh, I'm going to get you the address. Um, all you got to do is email. Uh, let's see what it is. BCO supplies supplies. Uh. BCO agent supplies at landstar.com BCO agent supplies at landstar.com and they'll send you all you want. So, I, or, or go by any orientation uh, center. <clears throat> the very first load that I booked Richie on when he came here was a, a load of empty totes <laughs> and he got up there and needed 32 placards, eight on each side. And we got to looking at the paperwork 
and one of them was wrong or did had didn't have one or something. And he ended up, I don't know if he broke into the building, but he somehow got inside and, you know, um, <laughs> so, uh, it was, his we first got the load. situation rectified, yeah, but yeah, I mean, his, his first it, load was, it took him, I think he took him longer to get the placards on the truck. He did get, to get to get loaded. You know? Oh yeah. It was, it was, he had, eight, had eight on each side <clears throat> and had to run through Pennsylvania and couldn't get on the turnpike. So we had to, you know figure now, out routes and, and go all through and the woods. Here's another thing. You should always carry some kind of tape with clear tape with you because mm-hmm. no trailer we own has eight placard holders on it on each side. You're going to yep. find some with four, but you're not going to find even eight. So the only way he could put those on there is he either had to stick them or he had to tape them depending on what they're made out of. So that's another thing you ought to do. And uh, while we're handing out helpful hazmat advice, you need a little butane torch. Especially yes, in the wintertime. Yes, you do. Because if you'll take a little butane, little handheld butane torch and just wave it over that placard, that thing will peel right off. You don't yeah. need a, a, a knife. Let me, or... let, me, let me tell you what you don't do is you don't take your black spray paint out and spray paint over them, okay? Because we've had that happen too to trailers we've picked up. So, <laughs> oh, look at your. <laughs> Currently filling the tires myself so the mechanic doesn't get blown up from inflating them to 130. I wish we could live stream him right now. Um, we had we run we run our super singles at uh, well we'd love to run them at 140, but we're we hardly find anybody that will do 130. Usually about 120, 125 is all they'll do. So uh, Richie's I guess is using the guys. Um, <laughs> hose and compressor and i'm surprised it goes to 130 he's yeah Yeah, it's probably not going to go much more over 120 or 125 with a mobile probably not probably not now richie's the same guy that rented the wrench (laughs) to a ta guy one night you remember that yeah that was so good (laughs) the the everything that we do uh uh-oh my wife stole the BSC 9000. Uh, I, I was going to hold it up in front of the camera, but again, I've got a, I've got a, a an accountant's version of it. I can hold it up for you. There you go. <clears throat> Every decision that we made, we make is based on the math. If the math works, we do it. If the math works, we do not do it. Um, that's, there it is. That's the super fancy. That's the BSC 10,000. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm here to make money. I mean, that that's, that's what we're here to do. Like Larry said, it's not a hobby. It's a business. And I was driving past one of my favorite restaurants today and looking over, and it's just a sole proprietor, a uh, place called Fireside. It's right across from the TA. If you're ever in a hurry, you can run over there and get some of them fried deviled eggs or what's in mushroom things you like stuff oh, cra- crab stuffed mushroom oh buddy but that, that'll change your life right there yeah and they've got these deep fried deviled eggs that have sriracha sauce and mm, 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 mm. anyway yeah um but i you know by the way i'll be in west virginia next week this weekend so. do you think that guy does that restaurant as a hobby or do he does it to make money mm-hmm. you know um and i bet you he knows the cost of every cup of ranch dressing that i get from him you know um, yeah, I'm sure he, he, he dreads when you come in the door. 
I, mean, I like a little saddle with my ranch. Um, we'll be we'll go in the next time. There'll be a little thing stuck, a little label on the menu. Extra ranch dressing is a dollar. You watch. <laughs> but we don't make decisions based on emotion. You know, uh, we 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 factor in previous experience. We factor in what's this going to cost. Uh, but like right now, here's Richie sitting on the side of the road. There's a lot of stuff we don't have any control over. We have control of the price of the tire because we're going through LCAP and that's going to cover the road call. But how long has he been sitting there? Three hours at least, you know, when you're in a situation like that, you just can't control it. And, um, you know, you just have to hold your breath and hope that it's not going to. You know, but, but that's, that comes with being in business. You know, you're going to get a ridiculous bill and then you've got to have the intestinal fortitude to say, nope, 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 nope. I'm not paying that. Um, or give me that hose. I'm going to air this tire up. Yeah. Um, but it's, and, and just reading the bill, you know, the, 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 Larry taught me that, um, I read every single line of every bill. And it's hard to tell how many thousands of dollars that I have taken off of bills from them either being coded incorrectly or charging for stuff they didn't do. I'm going to be watching this one today because I had to go to Napa and buy the wheel seal because they didn't have one. And you can bet your ass I'm going to be watching to make sure they didn't charge me for a wheel seal that I went and got on my own. Uh, but I have to watch every line. You can't, it's not that, you, well, yeah, it's that you can't trust them. Trust, uh, but verify. Yeah. No, we, we, I, we've, I've told that story. I, my, you know, oh, my, my, my first experience with this was I, I, I was getting my truck worked on at the Freightliner dealership in my town. And, uh, I go to pick up the bill and I, I'm just used to doing that. I've been in business for almost 50 years. I mean, I'm, I, so I pick up the bill and I'm, I see this, this, it's like $150 for wire. I'm thinking, my God, what, what could we, was it like a wiring harness? And he goes, no, no, no. He, he's just about six or eight inches of wire. I'm like, well, how in the hell did it cost 150 bucks? Well, then their faces start turning red. They start looking at each other and they, they go back and investigate and, and they pulled the, the wire out of the, out of the shelf and, and they, they put the part number in the system for the whole spool of wire. So they charge it for the entire spool of wire instead of six inches. But who, I mean, most, everybody would have paid that bill and not even looked at it. And so from that point on, we, we never paid another bill without going over it. And listen, Chris, how often do we pay a bill without changing? Oh, hardly ever. Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Now, I'm going to tell you, since, is, is it this week, the break safety week is coming up? Coming up, I was going to say, coming up, it's 20, 21 through 20, whatever. It's right, it's today. Yeah, it starts today. Yeah, it's I, the, it's, I it's went the, to the ass chafing week. Okay. I went to AutoZone today um, while they were working on the air conditioner and the wheel seal. I just was looking around and I saw a couple of brake hoses that were touching some stuff. And I went over to AutoZone and for $6, I bought some wire loom and I had some zip ties and I went in and started zip tying brake hoses and putting loom on them and one I, I went and got a piece of heater hose and sliced it and you know little stuff like that i mean six dollars of loom and probably another three dollar piece of hose will probably save that truck if he gets inspected from being uh either put out of service 
uh, or get some kind of BS violation for something that's not a problem, but you know, that's supposed to be their thing is, uh, chafing hoses this week. They'll be chafing a lot more in hoses. Yeah. I was going to give you two public service announcements. One of them is that this is CVSA break safety week, uh, emphasis on the safety part. Okay. Not money safety, mind you. Okay. <laughs> um, about safety. Cinema. So, um, be, be, be aware that, and, and their emphasis, they published it is on chafing hoses. So, uh, now that's the, that's the one that if you piss the guy off anytime, not just this week, that's the, that's the one he can always write you up for is a chafing hose. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can get a truck off the showroom floor and the hoses will be chafed on. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the other thing is 2290s are due by August 31. You got 10 days to get your 2290s forms filed. So, well, uh, Richie. Wants to give a little shout out to the tech there at Love's and somewhere in Tennessee. I don't think it's Love's. It's TA, I think. No, it's not TA. It's a Love's. Really? I'm almost okay. positive it's a Love's. I thought he said it was a TA. Uh, the, front, the front desk robot didn't want to come out and get his tire until 8 o'clock in the morning. The tech overheard and said he would come and get it done now. So uh, rather than him sitting on the side, which wouldn't have happened, they, they'd have called and make it make us tow it or something. Um, but... Uh, you know. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad to see. See, I told you it was T.A. <clears throat> I'll be damned. I never would have believed it. T.A. Candler. Kudos to now, not to T.A., but to this tech. OK, because T.A. wasn't going to come out at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that closes at midnight. And uh, every time I have tried to get something done there, it's been a complete waste of time. Uh. So there's some PSAs for brake safety. Um, okay, we're talking about booking loads. Let me let me tell you a little something. Um, there's a lot of hate that goes toward people that that are agents at Landstar that may or may not have a foreign accent. Uh, but I can tell you this: I've got a couple of them saved. That if I'm in a position, I can call them up and be like, "Hey, man." I'm in a situation and I need a load. I need you to go find me one. Um, and so, um, you know, I, listen, I, out of all the, uh, I mean, I can tell you cause I've got a marked as direct or not. I'm going to say a good 50% of the loads that I booked last week were with, uh, third party agents. Now, cold calls. If you are a BCO and they have access to your phone number, you will get phone calls and text messages. Now, the text messages, whatever. I can just ignore those. Most of them suck. I have booked a few loads that way, though. I, hell, I booked one for Brian this week off of a text message cold call. You know, 4200 bucks for two days. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'll take that load. Thank you. Here's the truck number and email. But um, one of my guys got a phone call this week from an agent offering him a load. And apparently he said something to the effect of, Oh, well that, that sounds like a good load, but you'll have to call my dispatcher. Now this well, guy's with, been brand with new us. Guy. Brand, brand new, new guy. guy. First week. Literally been with us three days. Yeah. He gets this phone call and he says, well, you got to call my dispatcher. So she calls me and she tells me about this load. And I said, okay. And it was going exactly where I needed him to come to West Virginia. And the load was coming to Charleston. And I said, okay, all right, it's great. I said, is this load posted? No, it's not posted. Uh, 
I said, okay, well, tell me about it. So she tells me about it. I look it up. It's a 300 mile deadhead. And I said, well, it's a 300 mile deadhead. Um, no, thank you. Well, the driver wants the load. And I said, well, I don't really give a damn what the driver thinks. Um, I'm the dispatcher. I booked the loads and I'm telling you that I'm not going to do a 300 mile deadhead for a 1400 mile, $1,400 load. Now, had it been a five mile deadhead, it would have been perfect, but it wasn't, it was a five hour deadhead. And she says, well, I'll call the driver. And I said, you will not call the driver. I am the dispatcher. I make these decisions and I'm telling you, we don't want this load. Thank you. Have a nice day. And I hung up. She called me right back. Um, well, I can add 35 cents a mile deadhead. And I said, I don't know what part of, first of all, I don't know what part of, I don't want this load. You didn't understand, but I'm not taking this load period. End of story. But I don't have five hours to deadhead. I can't even make the pickup. It's five hours away. Okay. Well, you know, the driver said he wants this load, so we're going to book it. And I'm, and I, that's when my head exploded. And I, I was screaming at this woman at the top of my lungs. So I hang up again. I text the driver. I said, if she calls you, do not answer the phone. And she, of course he's like, yep, she's ringing right now. Well, he had given her my cell phone, Whoa. But, but my office line here, is a different number and it's listed for all the truck. So then she calls my office line thinking she's going to go around me. And I, when I answered the phone, she just immediately hung up. So I looked up her agent code in our board and I found another agent with a different phone number and I called him and uh, he said his name was Bobby, which there's no way it was something like Igor or, you know, <laughs> something like that. That's his real name anyway. And, uh, and I said, listen, man, Listen, I book a lot, but bunch of loads with y'all, but this woman is harassing me and she's harassing my driver. And if y'all don't fix it, I'm going to call operations and we're, I'm going to fix it permanently. And he goes, uh, well, give me your phone number. And then he calls me at like five minutes. He calls me back and goes, this is not a problem. She will not call you anymore. And I'm like thinking, God, now she's in a gulag and a Siberian <laughs> prison somewhere. Um, <clears throat> I have not been that pissed off in a long time and I've not screamed at anybody at the top of my lungs in a long time. So said all that to say this, you can say no, right? But if you don't know your cost per mile and you're not willing to say, okay, pause, slow down. Let me look at the numbers. Let me look. Does this load match what I need to do? If not, the answer is no. Thank you. And have a nice day. Generally, that's the way it goes. I, no, no, thanks. I'm not interested. Okay. You know, they're disappointed. Um, and if they start rattling on, I just press the button and hang up on them. But I have booked some great loads off of cold calls. It's rare, but it has happened. <clears throat> but you cannot let someone pressure you and harass you into taking a load that you don't want and you don't need. The only way to know if you need it and if you want it is if you have done the math and you know your cost and you know that that load is going to do for you what you need it to do. Now, usually calls come, now, you know, again, we, 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 uh, Chris books loads for 17 trucks. So, uh, or is it 18 now, Chris? Well, it's seven, four. 17 total, but I'm booking personally for eight. Okay. So we deal with a lot of different agencies. Okay. And a lot of these agents have sub agents. So, you know, we deal with a lot of different people. So we, we talk to a lots of people. If you're booking your own loads and you get a cold call from somebody you've never heard of before, understand that they're not calling you because they know you and want you to do their load. 
they're calling you because they can't get the low covered. And so they right. are desperately trying to get the low covered by catching somebody off guard who's driving down a road and doesn't know their cost and doesn't really know. And the other thing is you're, everything they're telling you now is word of mouth. Nothing's written. So half the things they're telling you may not prove to be correct when you get the rate con. Mm-hmm. Be very, very careful about taking loads off cold calls, unless the agent's calling you because you've had a relationship with them in the past. Totally different story there. Totally different mm-hmm. story. Those are the ones you want because uh, that load's going on there before it goes to the load board because somebody's trying to give it to you. But if it's the other case, and most of them are, understand if the load if the load was that good, it had been covered, you know, hours ago. And uh, here here's a potential situation in some of these cases. So let's say the third party agent, the clickbait agent, um, uh, books a load with C.H. Robinson, okay? And then the driver falls off of it, breaks down, whatever. Okay, well, now they probably do feel some responsibility to book that load, to get it on another Landstar truck. That's a potential situation that may lead them to be like, okay, look, I, I need a truck. So I'm going to start calling for trucks on that local area. Now, Keith is asking, how do you get agents to stop calling your drivers when you're the dispatcher? I have a list of the driver's numbers. Well, so have we, and they still get them somehow. Well, I can tell Uh, you, as an agent, you have access to the database that that Landstar has for phone numbers. So, I mean, it's, you can, if you're, if you know what you're doing as an agent, I can find your phone number, even if you unlisted. Um, so, um, that's how they're, they're accessing, um, the, the, the Landstar for lack of better words, personnel, mm-hmm. um, uh, information. And that's how they're coming up with it. So it's really hard to do. I mean, you just have to kind of, we don't list any of our numbers. Uh, the only numbers we list are, are, are Chris's number, my number. That's the only number. But yet, but yet. Now, if you've ever done business with an agency, they're going to say all these big agencies, they're going to save your name and truck number and phone number in their database. Mm-hmm. So you can unlist it all you want to, but you can't unlist it out of their database if you've ever done business with them. But the, the, the smart ones, even if they, even if you haven't unlisted, they can, they can find it. They can get it so. uh, <clears throat> I just, I don't care, man. If they can get me a freight bill, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who bills it. I want it to go in my trailer. I want to go deliver it and I want to get paid. And again, that's that beauty of the Landstar system that if, if, if an agent books a load with a broker and that broker is approved and their credit is approved, Landstar is going to pay us whether they get paid or not. We're getting paid period. Um, and that is a whole lot cheaper than factoring. By the way, was it that, wasn't it that same factoring company that shut off a bunch of fuel cards this week? Um, I saw that Asian Asian my guy uh, talking about something, and I think I heard that same factoring company that uh, went belly up, and a bunch of fuel cards got shut off this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have to wonder if I have fuel unless Larry hadn't loaded the fuel card. You know, um, that, that, if, if there's a failure on getting fuel, it's in house, it's not Landstar. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, 
and so you that's one of those intangibles of, of people trying to compare apples and oranges um if you're not going to count the cost of the insurance and the factoring and the billing and the risk of not getting paid uh having your own authority versus delivering a load and uh and scan it in and you get paid period end of story uh there's never a question i don't know that we've ever not been paid on a load uh now we've probably built some detention that didn't get paid um but, you know, if, if we've delivered it and turned into paperwork, we got paid, period. So um, I wish, I, I, I'm sure. Well, let me, let me qualify that. We haven't always gotten paid when we're supposed to get paid. Well, right. But we've always tracked it down and gotten it. Except, well, we got one right now that we're dealing with. Yeah. Somebody made a coding error. Yeah. And when they made that coding error, then it has to go through you know, seven levels of bureaucracy, but I got it released. Did they pay that? Well, we won't know till Wednesday. Well, they were supposed to put it on the settlement card. So that's why I was wondering. Oh, that, that one they did, but I'm talking about the one, I'm talking about the one that we didn't get paid on at all. Like two weeks ago. Uh, okay. Remember they left the fuel surge surcharge off completely. Well, that's what I'm talking about. They were supposed to put that on the settlement card on th- like Thursday. Anyway. Okay. Um, but again, if you don't ever make the phone, well, here's an even better example. Uh, my dedicated customer and I had forever. Uh, one of the things that, that we agreed upon to get me back on that load when I came to Landstar was that the customer would pay all the tolls. And so for, what was it? About 25 weeks, I was turning the tolls in and the agent wasn't turning it into the customer. And so we found out like literally 25 weeks later, that we weren't getting paid and I had to go back and I had to reconcile 25 weeks worth of tolls and the agent had to go in and do updates and we fought and back and forth and back and forth. And it finally took probably seven or eight months before we finally got that check to reconcile almost, you know, six months worth of tolls. Um, but Again, we were doing the accounting, so we saw Larry caught the error first and went, wait a minute, where's all this toll money? Uh, and then we had to start backtracking it, but because we had all the data, we were able to go through and prove our case. And I, I have yet to lose a case. Um, I've had a couple agents try to take me to before the gods of, of operations, and I've yet to lose a case because I come in with reams of data, and they got nothing but emotion and attitude. And I, I, I whip them. Every time, uh, another, another word of advice to you, BCOs, just like we recommend that you look at every line on a repair order, you should look at every line on your settlement every week, because, um, it's not unusual that I find things on there that I don't know what they are. And after questioning or what, or, or we won't get paid every, I compare the settlement to the rate con. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't match to the penny, um, we're on it. Okay. So, um, and it's, it's unusual that I get a snack course. I've got, we get 14 trucks, but it's unusual that I don't get a settlement. I don't have to call and do some type of correction to it's unusual. Um, and sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a toll we were charged for because of a trailer. They say we're hooked to that. We weren't, or it's a, doesn't match the rate con, uh, or whatever. 
but um, you know, we we compare uh, every line and every load, and we re- reconcile it to the settlement. And I bet you, over the years I've been here, I've bet that's that's added up to thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, and BCOs, if you're not tracking every trailer that you're hooked to, you're you're playing with fire. You're every- paying for a lot of tolls you don't you don't know. You know, yeah, because you've got to know when and where you dropped it. Uh, cause the agents are supposed to, but they just, they just don't. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not going to jump all over because it's not easy to do. Um, especially when you got thieves that go in and steal trailers or customers that screw them around. And it's, and it's, it's just not an easy thing to keep track of. I remember when I went to swift orientation after my truck blew up, uh, the lady said they had 80,000 trailers and there was about 6,000 of them that they had no idea where they were just gone you know um so trailers are hard to keep up with so you at least need to know uh where you got it and where you dropped it and then if there's ever a question you just go into your spreadsheet you search that trailer number oh oh, looky here i dropped that in south carolina um well you know there you're uh there's a lot of tolling about we have a transponder in every truck so we shouldn't get charged for any tolls uh, with few exceptions. So when I see a toll, I know there's a problem, you know? So the first thing I look at is what tra- I call and request a copy of the toll. Okay. And when you get the copy of the toll, there it is. And there, it's a picture of the license plate. All I, and, and, and also the trailer number usually is visible in the picture. All I got to do is go back and look at where we were on that day and the trailer number we had. And then I can go back and, sh- and, and prove where we left that trailer and when, you know, so, um, it's, uh, but I mean, that happens a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. So keeping it now, here's another thing. You've heard BCO say that Landstar comes and takes their trailer from them and it hasn't been gone 10 days, you know, or whatever, you know, no one contacted them. Um, the reason that doesn't happen is because they try to contact the person who they think the trailer's attached to. And that's mm-hmm. not you because yep. it was never switched to you. So if you're pulling a trailer, that's not on you in the system. And you can check that by going to Lancer Online and looking at your availability and look and see what trailer number you're hooked to. If that's not hooked to you and, and you and you end up getting it stolen, it's because they couldn't contact you and let you know they were coming after it. You know. So had that happen a lot too. So it's important for you to Keith, understand that um, Keith says that listening to our podcast is a requirement for his drivers. So you're into torture. You're torturing your drivers. <laughs> There's probably a federal law against that. Well, Keith, we've got a subscription rate that we could give you. for the, <laughs> If you want to send your drivers, we got orientation coming up this weekend. Okay. So we've got two or three new guys coming on. So I was, I do a, a monthly zoom call with some, with some friends or kind of all over the world. And we were talking today and someone had a question of something like, um, uh, getting trustworthy information about whatever it is, world events or politics or, or whatever. And I said, there's something weird about human psychology that Landstar has a phone number for the switchboard and you can call that switchboard and say, I have a question. And they will connect you to the department that is in charge of whatever that question or issue that you're having is. But do we call that phone number? No. We go to Facebook and we ask people that don't have the answer to make one up 
Um, and it's just fascinating to me why human beings, um, you know, will bypass, you know, call contractor services and say, Hey, I have a question about X and they'll all, well, I don't have that answer, but permits does let me contact, let me connect you to the permit department. Or how do I get a path passenger authorization? Well, don't ask Facebook, ask Landstar. Well, here, here, here's a, here's the reason that's illustrated why you shouldn't. If you look at those questions, there'll be 18 replies. They'll all be different, but only mm -hmm. one of those is correct. That means 17 of the 18 was the wrong answer to begin with. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's just, it's just kind of fascinating that, you know, which I get, you know, you, you want to, you, you want to ask a person that has experienced it, I guess, you know, and, but you know, you've, you're literally have a, a telephone in your hand, you know, or you're on a computer or you could Google the answer, you know, and do some research that way. But that's just fascinating to me. What's well, easier um, to do that. And you also can, you can also accede authority at that point in time. Well, mm -hmm. they told me to do that. Yeah. I, was, I read it on Facebook. It's got to be true. I didn't make that decision. Somebody else told me about that. So it's always easy to hand that blame to somebody else when you step on your, you know, gonads. So <laughs> uh, there's one this week about a, 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 a brand new guy. Well, a, a guy added a second truck and he asked a question about how could, did he need to, uh, register his uh, fuel card for the second truck for direct deposit. And he got every, every answer he got was wrong. I finally answered and told him the right way, you know, so it, it's, um, which followed by, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, well, no, actually what followed was the guy who's the guy goes, uh, thanks for the answer. I love your, I love your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, it's funny to me. In, in a weird kind of way, because since, uh, well, 2017. So now for five years, I have told this story of what happened to me and whose fault it was. Um, and it's just, it's just comical that some of these goons on Facebook will, it's almost like they pretend like I didn't tell the story. Oh, well, you know, you did, you did this. Didn't you? Well, yeah. I've got a podcast about it. You want to go listen to the whole damn story? I've done 125 episodes, and y'all act like we ain't never told the damn story. Um, well, you know, uh, you if you you don't know what it's like, I'm like, I know what you're going through times 17. I've got plenty of experience that trumps your whatever. Um, well. It's no fun if you can't, you know, I mean, if it doesn't support the, their narrative, it's no fun. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh, I, I had to just finally, finally quit participating. I, I, it's, you, you rarely see me on Facebook, rarely. Um, because I get too, I just, I get too pissed off. Um, and it's just not. My health is more important than that. So my well-being. So we got new drivers coming on. We got orientation this weekend. Um, yeah, be broadcasting from the Lunatic Lounge. Saturday night, yeah. We'll be, we'll be coming to you from West Virginia on Saturday night. Uh, usually when we come to you from West Virginia, we're having uh, adult beverages. Um, of course, I think... Chris had, was drinking beer last week from the house. I was. But, uh, I might go have another one. Um, 
that usually picks it up a little bit. We'll probably might even have some, uh, a lot of our drivers show up when we do, when we're in West Virginia, cause they love, uh, they know I'm going to, I'm going to cover the bar bill and take them all out to that place. He's talking about to eat. <laughs> so, uh, they show up to, so we might have some drive. We'll have Richie there next week. And now Richie's been, yeah. I, I, I bet you Richie's been to 15 orientations, you know? Oh, I, I guarantee it. He and Christian are, are, well, of course, Christian lives there now. He moved to West Virginia. So, uh, but, uh, they, uh, but that's good. I, I, I'm, I'm glad they do it. We enjoy seeing them. We don't, you know, we don't get to see our guys very often. And, and, uh, it's kind of a compliment that they'll, they'll come back on their own dime and, uh, and come spend the weekend in West Virginia just because we're there. So well, I appreciate that. So, all right. What else we got going on? Didn't you share, you shared something with me on Facebook this week, I think that was, um, Oh, Some the kind of uh, story, uh, a story. I thought it was, um, I, uh, there was a, uh, a, a cost per mile calculator I shared with you. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking it was a story that we probably should have been talking about. Okay. Oh, um, so Landstar announced on August 18th that third party carriers can now view and book loads from the Landstar one app. That's true. I did send you that now. I don't know really what that's going to do for them. Um, cause I still don't think they can see the money. Um, but I guess it just gives them access to that board. Um, now it's, Oh, you know what? This is funny. So I'm looking at the image that they used and it's the same load posted three times. <laughs> that's, I mean, it, it's all the same agent, but yeah. You know, that's, that's, I think I would have picked a different image, you know, maybe. Hey, I've got, I've got a public service announcement. If you're mm -hmm. new to Landstar and you think you're the, the first person in since when did Landstar start? 1985, something like that. You're the first person since 1985 that's noticed that there's duplicate loads on the load, on the low board. Just, just save it. Okay. Yeah. Just save it. All you're doing is showing that you're brand new. All right. When's Landstar going to fix this load board? Why can't they take, why can't these agents take these duplicate loads off? You know, um, I remember what it was now. Um, it was this, uh, oh, yeah. Gary Bucks, Bucks, Gary Bucks wrote an article about Steve Kron's 2001 international that has gotten, oh, oh, so uh, see has tracked 1.2 million miles uh, on on profit gauges with this truck. Between April 2015 and April 22, Kron's kept up an average above 10 mile per gallon on 583,000 miles. 2010 to 20, 12 years, 12-year mm -hmm. average. The lifetime average is uh, 9.38, and the most recent is 11.84. Now, did you, uh, you're going to talk about the comments? I am. Okay. So, so, so Larry shares this, uh, this post from, uh, from Overdrive. Facebook from the, yeah. where Overdrive had shared it and the comments. Oh my God. What a bunch of bootlicking, uh, amoebas, um, you know, that all they could do was bust on the hood. Oh, the hood, it looks dumb. Um, uh, it's BS. It's, it's not true. There's no way that's true. It's an ugly uh, truck. 
It's an ugly truck. Yeah, it's an ugly truck. That's not possible. What my favorite thing about it is probably in 2012 or so. Go back and look at the cost per mile. Uh, uh, scan cost per. Oh, well, I got to go on the right screen. Get to here. get to profit gauges. What yeah, thirty six cents fuel cost per mile. Okay, thirty six cents fuel cost per mile. Over one point two million miles. Yep. Um, I mean that's that's great. The fuel surcharge right now this week is sixty three. Yep. You know, um, but. I think it was back in 2012 or somewhere thereabouts. Um, Shell Pennzoil uh, did something with government money and spent, I mean, an astronomical amount of money on this super, super fuel mileage truck that got the same fuel mileage as what Steve has gotten with a homemade truck. And I mean, and I'm talking, they spent probably a million dollars. It looked like a bullet train. Yeah. Um, and here Steve did it with a homemade 2001 international with a 60 series Detroit, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's just, it's just incredible what, what he's been able to do with that truck. Um, and to see the goons, uh, you know, the amoebas on Facebook, um, you know, just, I don't know. It's, it's people are dumb. Uh, well, the, it just shows that misplaced aggression and, and not under, you know, all they could do was talk about the truck because it didn't, uh, it, it doesn't look like their trucks. Okay. But they, they, and no one acknowledged the fact that his cost per mile is probably to a third of what theirs is. Um, and, and the benefit that that the, 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 the profit that goes along with that. Uh, and again, I go back to what I said before, why are we doing this? Are we doing this to look good or are we doing it to make money? You know, um, some, we always get these people that talk about how, yeah, but these people out here driving these new trucks, they're making it happen. You know, are they really, uh, how many, how many years have they not filed tax returns? How many payments behind are they? Um, you know, you, you don't really know. I mean, listen, you can look good for a while and then eventually you have to give that truck back. Okay. Pretty sure Steve Crone's not gonna worry about that. Okay. Pretty sure he's, he's, uh, not in danger of losing his truck to repossession, uh, when, um, uh, as a result of the fuel and the rate crisis, um, cause he's in, he's in business to do the right thing, make money. You know, I'm looking at some of these comments probably has a bad odometer and bad at math. Nothing this man is doing will get over 11 mile per gallon on an international BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one said, uh, cause his average speed was 59 mile miles per hour, uh, 59, another truck in everybody's way. Uh, it's just funny. People are just, just dumb as a brick. Um, well, it just goes show. It just goes to show you what's important to most truck drivers, yeah. And what's not, and more importantly, what's not. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's it's. I, it's and I I remember back in the day, I don't want a truck that would pull good and go fast. And um, I've never seen another industry where people hate money as much as they do in trucking. I've never seen it. Yeah, they absolutely do. 
uh, almost as much as TA hates money. Um, I can't remember if we talked about that conversation that I called TA customer service and asked them why do they hate customers and why do they hate money? Well, I assure you that's not true. I, I assure you from this side of the table, it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody asked earlier if my praying to them at the at CPCO days yeah. didn't work. Yeah. No, unfortunately not. Uh, it, it did not work. Uh, well, hey, uh, we had a, we had a tire. Uh, we had a rim get tore up last week. Uh, an aluminum rim, 22.5 rim on a trailer. And when they took it off, we just, just bought the trailer. And it turns out one of the inside rim was bent a little bit, so we had to replace both. And I had about five different phone calls where I said, I need two tires and two aluminum rims. And I get the truck. I see the truck today, and there's one steel rim and one aluminum rim. I was on a three-way call with LCAP explaining. No, you no, you can put an aluminum rim on there. That's what we need you to do is put an aluminum rim on there. Yes, it's fully authorized through LCAP. And they still didn't do it. Like, I don't know how you screw that up from five phone calls and a three-way. Well, we didn't know they didn't do it till today. Yeah, I didn't know they didn't. At no yeah. point did they tell us that they didn't do it. They just didn't do it. Yeah. Well, they'll hear about, they'll hear about, they'll hear about it tomorrow. Listen, Richie is obsessed. He, he wants flames shooting out of his exhaust um now i i did see a video the other day on tiktok that you can do that with a uh, with a dozer valve gets stuck open on a cascadia it will turn that uh, exhaust pipe glowing bright red and shoot flames out now we don't want to talk about fuel mileage with flames shooting out of the tailpipe yeah the only flame shooting out he'll be coming out of his ass okay (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I don't see any more comments or questions in here. I think we can probably go ahead and shut her down for another week. Well, remember, there's 87,000 new IRS agents being hired that mm-hmm. carry guns. Okay. So just. <laughs> By the way, did you see the training video? No. <laughs> they, no. Had these, they had these people with like vests, right? Yeah. And plastic guns. And they had this guy in a wheelchair. And there's this dude standing in front of him with his arms behind his back and dude in a wheelchair with his plastic gun. It's, I thought there's I thought this is Babylon B this is onion. And it was, no, it was 100% real training video for IRS agents. And it looked like the biggest clown show I've ever, I thought, please God, please be satire. Please be satire. But nope, nope, nope. Friends. It was real. And it was precious. Well, they're coming for you, okay? They're coming for you. We have to worry about AV5. Yeah. <clears throat> Not going to be necessary. All right. Well, we will see y'all back here at 9 p.m. Saturday night, live from the Lunatic Lounge. Uh, and until then, everybody be good and be safe, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, be, be safe this week, or, or watch out for the CVSA guys, okay? Yeah. Thank don't, them for, don't, the, don't thank get them your for their service. Don't get your hoses chafed, okay? So <laughs> yeah. see we'll y'all. see you next week.